Located at the top of Wisconsin, Bayfield County is considered by many of the locals to be the wild side of the dairy state. This is a place of majestic beauty with national treasures that include the Apostle Islands, the natural wonders of its sea caves, and rugged sandstone cliffs that frame the clear waters of Lake Superior. This is Bayfield County Wild. Hello everyone and welcome. I'm Nancy Christopher. And I'm Mary Motif, Director of Bayfield County Tourism. You know, the average daytime temperature in Bayfield in February is a very cold 27 degrees and a frigid 3 degrees at night. That makes everything nice for everything ice. That's right, especially the spectacular ice on the sandstone caves along the Apostle Islands mainland. We'll explore these natural wonders in the second segment of this podcast. And they are beautiful. Can't wait for that. Thanks, Mary. But first, you're going to take us to Iron River to meet Josh Tigan, a local fishing guide who makes regular appearances on John Gillespie's television show, Water and Woods. Josh is an authority on ice fishing in Bayfield County. That's right, Nancy. Josh has been a fisherman his entire life and has successfully guided fishing trips all over northwest Wisconsin. Thanks for joining us, Josh. Yeah, thanks for having me. So tell us a little bit about yourself. So I'm 27 years old. I've lived up here in Iron River my entire life. Um, I grew up on the pike chain where I've you know, learned to love fishing. I, uh, I'm a full-time fishing guide right now, so I do a lot of guiding in this whole area, and uh, I love it. Awesome. Sounds like a fun profession. <laughs> yes, it is. How would you describe your style as a fishing guide? I'm kind of impatient, so I like to run and gun. Um, if, we're, <laughs> if I'm not catching fish, I'm not happy. So I'm always <laughs> on to the next lake or the next spot trying to stay on a good bite. Nice. How good is ice fishing in Bayfield County, and what do you like most about it? It's great. The biggest thing I like about it is there's just so many different bodies of water you can fish. I mean, you got Lake Superior, you got the Apostle Island, Schwamigan Bay, and you have hundreds of inland lakes around to catch a variety of species. I mean, you got pike, bass, walleyes, panfish, you got trout on the big lake. Um, there's just a wide variety in this area that you can't get anywhere else. And are those all species that you can catch ice fishing? Yes. Yep. You can catch all those species ice fishing. Yep. So how do you know where to find the fish under the ice? The biggest thing is I'm out in the boat a lot and I know where they hide and where they go and generally they're in the same areas in the winter as they are in the summer so I'm fishing those those same areas but a lot of it's just drilling a lot of holes and trying to find fish a lot of trial and error and uh, that's what's fun about it sometimes you go out and you don't catch much but then there's other days you go out and you, you catch a bunch of them. So what is the best type of bait to use? Um, in the winter Generally, your best bait is going to be live bait, you know, walleye suckers, northern suckers, or shiners. The fish are a little more, I should say, docile in the winter. Um, the water's cold, so they don't move around as much, so you want to use live bait. But then there's other, you know, jigs and spoons. I like cast masters. They work really good through the ice. It's just a spoon, and you tip it with a minnow head. Um, they work really good. And then uh, for the live bait, we put them out on tip-ups. And that's how we catch most of our fish. Cool. So what other kind of equipment do you need to go ice fishing? Um, that's what's nice about ice fishing. You don't have to have a, a bunch of expensive stuff to go out. All you really need is a, an auger, a bait bucket, a couple tip-ups and a rod, and you can actually go out and fish. Obviously, you can up it and you can get a snowmobile or you can drive your truck out on the ice when it's safe. But uh, you really don't need a whole lot, which is nice because a lot more people can do it. Yeah, you don't have to have the big decked out like trailers that people yeah. are bringing out there these days. Yeah, exactly. Anybody can go out and do it. 
So what do you offer on your fishing excursions? Like what could someone expect if they signed up to go out with you? So what I do is I provide all the equipment, all the rods, reels, uh, flashers, augers, transportation. Um, I provide snowmobiles to get out. So when I do trips, all you have to do is just bring something to eat for the day and that's about it. I provide everything. I'll put you on the fish. I'll have a shack and a heater for you so you're, you stay warm and basically everything you need to get out. Uh, I suppose it's bring your own beverages as well. Yep, that is true. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so how can people learn about ice fishing conditions up here? Um, the biggest thing is just talk to your local bait shops or your your local local chamber of commerce. Um, the fishing guides up here too. I myself will give a report on how the ice is. That's the biggest thing. You don't want to go out on your own if you haven't been out. You want to check the ice. The ice changes continuously. So just call anywhere in the area where you're going to come up and uh, ask for a fishing report. Are you putting reports out online at all? Yes, I actually do a monthly report um, through Amsoil Fishing through John Gillespie. John Gillespie is a, a show I uh, film with and I know, know him really well. And we give a fishing report every month on how ice conditions are and uh, how the bite is. Nice. So what's the best way to get in touch with you to set up an ice fishing trip? Um, best way is to either follow me on Facebook just under my name, Josh Tigan, or you can go to my website, joshtigan.com. Awesome. Thank you so much, Josh. Yeah, thank you for having me. So here's to a great ice fishing season in Bayfield County. When we come back, we'll find out why people come from around the world to see our ice caves. We hope you'll stay with us. The Valhalla View Pub and Grub is a must-stop when you're hitting the trails of Bayfield County. Whether you're on a four-wheeler, snowmobile, or just passing by, Valhalla View has 24-hour pay-at-the-pump fuel, drinks, and food to satisfy you and your machine. One of the best dining experiences around, Valhalla View has a full dinner menu, daily specials, all-you-can-eat salad bar, handmade pizza, and more. Come for the food and stay for the fun. The Pub and Grub next to Valhalla Cabins on Trail 19 in Washburn. Welcome back. This time of year, when the conditions are right, a popular winter attraction is the Apostle Islands Ice Caves on the Bayfield Peninsula. Here to tell us more about that is Julie Van Stappen with the Apostle Islands National Lakeshore. Thanks for joining me, Julie. Thanks for having me. How would you describe the ice caves? The ice caves are actually the sea caves in the summer, and they get transformed into the ice caves during the winter. And the sea caves are these intricately shaped brownstone formations that are carved out of these really finely layered uh, Devil's Island sandstone, and they're just magnificent. So the ice caves, when the conditions are right, have these crystalline structures and waterfalls and columns that are created out of the ice, and they're really similar to regular cave formations with stalactites and stalagmites. It's just out of ice. So cool. What causes the ice formations? Are Is it the waterfalls? Or the so, water that comes out of the rock? It's a combination. So it's a combination of when temperatures are really cold, is a wave splashing against these rock cliffs, in addition to seepage that comes out of the top. And so the wave washing up can splash into dif the different formations and cause these really fine crystals, or else you have this seepage coming down that can cause columns and, and waterfalls and things like that. And then that just layers up. Exactly. And so if it's really cold and clear, it, it forms the best formations. And when it melts, then it gets a little softer and cloudier. Okay. So where are the ice caves? 
So the ice caves are on the mainland unit. They're between Cornucopia and Bayfield. Off of the main area to access them is Myers Beach, which is just a little bit north of Cornucopia. And, and you actually need to walk a little ways, about a mile, to get to the first mound of formations and then go on from there. So they're all along the shoreline there? All on the shoreline, all along where the sea caves are in, in the summer. So the ice caves are actually out on the islands, too. You just can't get to those in the wintertime. Correct. And so there's all kinds of really cool rock formations and, and ice forms on different different brownstone cliffs. But just like in the summer, the sea caves are, are the most intricate and the most interesting ones are in the Devil's Island Formation, which is on the mainland, a bit of sand and devils. The most interesting ice caves are there as well, except the conditions aren't usually very favorable to to get out that far, and that certainly is not monitored. Right, right. So what do the conditions need to be like to hike to the caves? Well, you need to have really good ice, and so the ice needs to be really thick and really stable, and there's different types of ice depending on how it forms. So the best ice formations is where you're able to get really cold conditions that are very calm. If it's windy, what happens is you get maybe a sheet of ice and then it gets broken up. And a lot of times that gets broken up and you get what's called shark fins. So imagine different plates of ice stacked on its edge and it makes it really difficult for anyone to get through there. Sure. So like shards almost. Shards of of ice that form. And then also if there's a lot of snow and that gets ice, the, the ice is weaker. And we have had a lot of snow this season. We've had a lot of snow and very little ice. And a lot of wind. A lot of wind. Wind makes a really big difference because it it prevents the ice from actually even forming. Okay. So when the caves are accessible and you head out on the ice, what should people bring with them and what can they expect? You should dress really warm, have really good footwear, use some sort of cleats type things, whether it's stabilizers or yak tracks, there's a variety of of different ones. And dress really warm, dress in layers, and be prepared to walk pretty far because the the first ice formations are about a mile out and then you can go as far as you want from there. But then... Like another couple miles. Yeah, exactly. And oftentimes if the ice caves are are in full swing, you can't park in the parking lot. Some people are parking a couple miles away, so you could be walking really, really far. Okay, so it's it's important to wear comfortable and um, sturdy. And dress dress for cold because it can be really, really windy on, on the lake. And the weather, I know, varies a lot. Like when the caves are accessible, you could have a day when it's 10 below, but then you could have another day when it's... 32 degrees and you're getting warm so you do want to take off a layer exactly so yeah you do have to be prepared for anything don't you and really good footwear (laughs) yes yeah I've heard stories about the woman in heels yeah well (laughs) in in 2014 people just aren't used to it right right is it physically challenging it is a bit physically challenging, especially because you're not working, walking on real even surfaces. It's, it's really, really slippery, and it can be really uneven. And as I mentioned, is you may have to walk a few miles. Right. And I suppose depending on the snowpack a little bit, too, so many variables with the conditions. Exactly. So if the ice caves don't become accessible this year, are there other ways to see them? Well, we do have what we call the Mainland Trail, and it's a really nice trail. It can be a bit challenging in the winter because there's a lot of ravines. Depending on how packed it is, 
You could either walk it or snowshoe it. And there are some really nice views of the caves. You just want to be really careful that you don't get too close to the edge. Okay. Another way that you can look at the caves all year is there's just so many incredible photos and videos from when we did have really good ice caves. So if you just Google Apostle Islands ice caves on on the web, you're going to find plenty of um, amazing pictures. Nice. So what are the chances they'll be open this year? It's not looking really good. We, you know, we can't say for sure, but there's really a lot of open water this year, much more so than most years. We had so much snow and so early, and we've had really mild conditions. So it's it's not promising. It's not promising. Okay, <laughs> but it's been a great year for a lot of other things. You know, there's been plenty of snow and a lot of a lot of other fun winter things to take advantage of. So speaking of that, what else can you do in the park in the winter time? Well, as I mentioned, there is the Mainland Trail, which is really nice for hiking or snowshoeing. Our Little Sand Bay Visitor Center, which has a grand opening in June, has outdoor exhibits, and those are available. And then, as I'm sure you'll let the visitors know, there's all kinds of wonderful winter sports available. In the area in general. In the area in general. Right. And some, some nice other trails and, of course, lots of skiing. Right. So how can people find out what the current conditions are out at the caves? So the best thing to do is to go to, it's go.nps.gov slash apostles conditions. And that'll give you current conditions of the ice caves, the mainland trail, and also Myers Beach. And we also um, have a lot of current information posted on our Facebook page. Okay, I remember going to the Facebook page often. And is that where sometimes pictures will be posted from the camera that's yeah. taking taking photos? It is a real-time camera. Unfortunately, right now, it's not working correctly because they're doing some sort of software changes. Okay. Um, but it will be soon. But we're still able to, to grab some of the pictures off of that. And that's been really helpful in us monitoring. So it's a combination of our ice rescue team going out when the ice conditions are getting close and looking at the photos and everything else. Awesome. Is there anything that we missed that we should talk about with ice caves? Well, one thing I didn't really get into too much is all the different factors that we use to determine whether or not the ice is good enough. And actually, that would be really interesting to know because I know that there are some folks that are charging people money to go out and see ice formations, and we don't necessarily know what they're using for their ice monitoring. So, you know, the Park Service, we can rely on the fact that you have staff that are trained and professionally checking all sorts of conditions. So if you don't mind sharing some of that with with us, that'd be great. Sure. And a couple other things, what I I wanted to mention as well is the ice formation on Lake Superior at the mainland caves isn't protected. So you imagine like Schwamigan Bay or an inland lake and the ice forms across the whole thing and is protected. Whereas where where the ice caves are is basically you get a narrow band of ice along along the mainland. And unless you have ice conditions that form all the way to the north shore of Minnesota, it's not truly locked in. And so what can happen is those big waves come in and they can erode the edges and they even get underneath that ice and they wear it, basically break it up to the point where we've had situations where we've had two feet of ice blow out in a night. Wow. And so that's real scary. So that's one of the reasons that they were super cautious because we want to make sure people are safe. And we do have a really highly trained ice rescue team that goes out and really double checks. And then we wait until this 
seems pretty stable and meets our criteria and then we just check and make sure it stays that way for a little while because we're talking about thousands of people right and so we want to want to be cautious i know everyone's anxious and it's an amazing thing but safety first safety first for sure absolutely and the other thing too is it is more sea ice than than lake ice and so it has a little different conditions that way as well right lots of different factors so absolutely if you are thinking about going out to check out the ice caves be sure that you can do it first that they're accessible and that the park service has deemed the caves accessible if you have any questions we'll have information on our website about where to go for those condition reports yeah and and there's a lot of information on our website which is www.mps.gov slash APIS. And I also wanted to mention this is our 50th anniversary. And so you can find information on our website. We'll have a number of events. Um, One of the bigger ones is we're going to have a resource stewardship uh, symposium on March 30th and 31st at Northland College. We'll also have a grand opening at Little Sand Bay, and we'll have an event at Big Top Chautauqua in August. Awesome. Well, happy anniversary. Uh, Thank you so much. All right. Well, thank you so much, Julie. Coming up next, Nancy joins me in the Bayfield County Wild Studio to talk about events and activities you won't want to miss in February. So don't go away. Start your winter adventure at the Northern Great Lakes Visitor Center, where you can connect with the historic, cultural, and natural resources of the Lake Superior region. You'll get personal customer service, experience interactive exhibits, and find out about fun programming led by local experts. Explore the nearby wildlife refuge, take in the view from the observation tower, hike the trails, browse the art gallery, or attend an event. You can also do some genealogy research or other historical exploration in the archives with the help from the Wisconsin Historical Society staff on site. The Northern Great Lakes Visitor Center is open daily from 9 to 5. It's free and open to the public, so come on in to tap into this great resource. The center is located two miles west of Ashland, just off U.S. Highway 2, and is visible from the highway. For more information, visit them online at www.nglvc.org or visit their Facebook page for current events. Welcome back to Bayfield County Wild. It's Heart Month in February, and it's a good time to enjoy heart-healthy events and to participate in activities you love. What do you have for us, Mary? Well, buckle up and get ready because we have so many events in February. It's almost busier in February than it is in the summertime. Well, that's good because we need things to do to keep our blood going. That's right. So we kick off February with the Apostle Island Sled Dog Race, February 1st and 2nd. We also have the Mount Ashwa Bay Summit Ski Race, February 1st, and that's a downhill ski race. Ice Fishing Contest in Cable on February 1st also. That one's at the Loon Saloon. And then for those of you who may not want to be outdoors doing things in February, the Rittenhouse Inn has their Red Wine Weekend, February 7th and 8th. So that's an opportunity to come up and enjoy the beauty of the area while relaxing with some lovely wine. (laughs) Um, And then uh, another indoor activity, there is a barn quilt paint and sip workshop at the Harborview Event Center in Washburn. So that sounds kind of fun. Yeah, I've done that before, Mary. It is a lot of fun. You're there with a bunch of friends and you're painting and having a nice glass of wine. I uh, I don't have an artistic gene in my body, oh, but me either. I have fun trying. <laughs> uh, okay, then we're back to the outdoors with the North End Classic Cross Country Ski Race, February 9th. And that's down at the North End Ski Trail in the Cable area 
that's the one that has that really cute little warming hut cabin on it, which is really awesome. There's a kids fishing contest also February 9th at the Birch Grove Campground in Iron River. And then the following weekend, we've got the second annual Northern Pine Sled Dog Race. So if you missed the Apostle Islands Sled Dog Race, or if you just had a great time and want to see another one, this is your chance. Again, February 14th, a fun Valentine's Day activity. And you can actually stay warm indoors watching the sled dog races, correct? Right. That's at the Northern Pines Golf Course and Event Center. And so they have a really nice setup indoors where you can look out and see a lot of the uh, the mushing going on outdoors. And when you go outside and move about, you know, you can see more of it. So a great place to go and watch and be able to come in and warm up and, and get some, some snacks and have some fun. Then that same weekend is the Drummond Barstool Races. and <laughs> Talk about fun. <laughs> <laughs> and that's a long, long tradition that happens at the Black Bear Inn in Drummond. So you literally, the contestants are kind of decking out different versions of bar stools and sliding them down the hill. It's really hilarious. <laughs> Do they have to be on them? Yes. Someone oh. has to be riding on the bar stool. <laughs> oh, excellent. <laughs> And then that weekend is also Book Across the Bay weekend, which is one of the biggest cross-country ski events. I'm not going to call it a race, even though I guess you are. Yeah, you are racing across Lake Superior, either on skis or snowshoes or people just walk or run. And it's really an awesome event. And they're actually expanding it this year, adding a band on Friday night at the tent in Washburn. Um, it's going to be horseshoes and hand grenades, um, which is supposed to be a really, really fun band. And then on the event day, which is Saturday, you have the the book across the bay, which is an evening event. So you've got the, the race course is lined with luminaries. And then there's fireworks at the end and a band and a chili feed and beer and lots of fun. Then the next day on Sunday is the bike across the bay. So it's a fat bike race on Frozen Lake Superior. So that's a super fun and full weekend. And then the following weekend is Berkey weekend, which is another huge weekend for skiers, cross-country skiers. That's a full, uh, you know, few days of events. They keep adding, you know, new fun events as part of that whole event weekend. But if you... If there's you a lot kind of, of people who come up from all over to be in that event. It's very popular. Oh, yeah. There's like 10,000 people that participate in that. And then uh, if you want to kind of avoid the crowd and maybe steer clear of all the skiers, you can always head up to the Legendary Waters annual dart tournament that weekend on the 22nd. And there's also a candlelight trek at the Iron River National Fish Hatchery that weekend. If downhill skiing is your thing instead, there's the King and Queen of the Mountain competition that weekend (laughs) on February 23rd, which is really fun because they have the different age groups and then um, there's an overall king and queen of the mountain that get uh, crowned and they're Uh, the fastest one on the hill they are the fastest ones on the hill okay and then lastly there is a quilters retreat again at the harbor view event center in washburn and that is uh, a chance to work on those projects that you've started and you just need to do some work on and it's actually a really good deal if you're coming from out of town it includes three nights of lodging coffee lunches dinners and it's $215 a person for double occupancy uh, at the hotel. And that includes all of that. Yeah, that's a pretty um, good deal. 
Yeah, really, really a jam-packed month in February. Do I have to have a quilt or can I just come up and enjoy myself at, with that great rate? You can come up and enjoy yourself at that great rate. I would just bring some kind of project to work on. <laughs> but, uh, you know, you'll be hanging out with the quilters as long as you're good with that. I'm sure they're happy to have you, Nancy. <laughs> Okay, so anything more in February that was pretty busy? There actually is even more than I just went over happening in February. So you'll you'll be able to find those things on our website, travelbayfieldcounty.com, and on our Facebook page for those that have events on Facebook. And then, of course, there's always March, and we have a lot more going on then, right? That's right. Lots more to talk about in March. Okay, so we hope you'll join us then. And to all of our listeners, if you like what you've heard today, please take a moment to share, review, and subscribe to Bayfield County Wild. If there's anything you'd like to know about today's episode, we'll have all the links and resources available in our show notes. On behalf of Mary and myself, thank you for listening to Bayfield County Wild. Bye-bye.